This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to Star Trek uh, Enterprise. I'm your host, Patrick Zellman. Join me always as the amazing Brandon Shamatalo. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing really good. I've uh, We're protecting the Earth from these evils indie, and we're, we're revisiting Season 3 of Enterprise one more time, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're not going to do any of that Starfleet stuff, right? No, none of that Starfleet stuff. Good. We're going to be kicking some ass and taking names. Nice. I like it. I like it. And I got a name to take right now. I'm taking Carrie's name down. Uh-oh. <laughs> Carrie Purvis. Fight! 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 <laughs> so, Carrie, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to talk season three and dance our cares away, go down to Fraggle Rock. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, for those listeners that don't know, we've had Carrie on twice before. Carrie is a first-time viewer of Star Trek Enterprise. And we've got her on this. She's just recently finished watching season three of Star Trek Enterprise, and now called Star Trek Enterprise, right? Yes. Yes. Actually, officially Star Trek Enterprise, finally. Yes. Yes, in season three. And so we're just going to have a general discussion and your overview on the season and what you thought. So, Patrick, you want to lead the discussion? I'll pass the reins off to you. Well, we could have just started with what is your general discussion on what you thought? <laughs> Good choice, Patrick. That's... Good choice. Well, one question: Why did they decide to start calling it Star Trek Enterprise? They were, it was just Enterprise initially, and what do you know? Why they decided to change that and add Star Trek at the beginning? Ratings. They they didn't uh, think they were getting enough ratings, and they thought it was because people didn't know it was Star Trek. Yep. So the reason why they called it Enterprise is because they're like, what word signifies Star Trek more than anything? And they figured it was Enterprise, so that's why they decided to make it another Enterprise. And that's why they called it just Enterprise. And then, because season one and two, the ratings weren't so hot, they decided to switch the name in season three. You know, people thought it was a show about rental cars. Oh, right. Yeah, I could see why people wouldn't want to watch that. That's boring. (laughs) Did the ratings go up when they changed it? I'm not sure. I'm not all into that stuff. I I would doubt it. I would actually doubt it because, unfortunately, what also happened with season three is that's when it really became hard to find because it was getting preempted all over the place. Mm-hmm. And UPN, was that the channel that carried it? 
I think so. See, I can't. I I think it was a UPN network that I had it on because, like, at, at this time I was in Regina mm-hmm. and I was watching it live, and we had cable, and you know you had to get a cable box. But the thing in Canada is that if a show is airing on the same time on a Canadian channel as it's airing on an American channel, the cable network interrupts the American feed with the Canadian feed to ensure that you see Canadian commercials. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, so I think this was happening at the time, so I don't know what the Canadian one would have been, Mm -hmm. Um, but I could also be wrong as to which, like, I know that Fox did that because they they aired the X-Files on Fox, and Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I think it was CTV or whatever show it ended up being on. Um, but so you would, no matter which channel you recorded it on CTV or Fox, you would get the CTV feed and it sucked because sometimes they would switch over late. Like it wouldn't be right at the right second and they'd switch over back early at the end. So you'd sometimes miss the, you you wouldn't catch the next time on the, yeah, the next time on X-Files or whatever. So it was a little Canadian CRTC content requirements for all the listeners to learn about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all that to say, I have no idea what channel carried it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was UPN. It was supposed to be one of okay. their flagship <laughs> things. That, that and um, uh, they they I think when UPN was coming out, that and wrestling were like their two things to try and drive oh, right. the network. So. But, uh, yes. Yeah. So, Wonder, but, uh, was that during the Monday Night Wars? <laughs> anyway, that, we're getting off track. But yeah. it was no. It was actually as the Monday Night Wars were ending, uh, and, and WCW was going out of business, oh, which right. then okay. helped UPN even more because now there was only one thing to watch on UPN wrestling wise. You know, mm-hmm. one thing to watch on TV wrestling wise. Right. So, yeah. But, that's uh, changing again. But yeah, I'm looking forward yes, to the next season when I get to see uh, um, the big show. <laughs> Well, it's funny that we bring up wrestling because, and you say that's changing again, because the new company, their vice president, just mm-hmm. came out as Captain Picard for his last match. And his wife, well, I guess really Captain Janeway, but a male Janeway, mm-hmm. it was, he had, he had the commander's Voyager uniform on with his wife coming out as 7 of 9. What, is that AEW? Yeah. Yes, Cody Rhodes came out Cody in Rhodes Star Trek Regalia. Did that? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! And I have to like when I'm when we're done, the, I'm gonna go watch that if I can. The bad Patrick texted me an image. He's like, "This is wrestling." I'm like, "No, it's not. This is Star Trek Voyager." Mirror Voyager. <laughs> Mirror Star Trek because Voyager. Cody turned the logo upside down and put the wings on it, so it looks like his logo. And has no uh, um, sleeves. He had no sleeves. Right. No, on. and he cut the sleeves off. But DDP had the whole black pants and everything. Oh my gosh, GDP was there. That's awesome. Yes, GDP entered the ring with him. It was great. I love it. But uh, so anyway, we're anyway. not here to talk about wrestling, even though it had a Star Trek twist this Saturday. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's going to be on TNT, not UPN either. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so what? What did you think of the, of season three overall? I liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and it sounds like it's not one that people like. From what I've been hearing, is that true? It's not one that people liked when it aired, and I feel that a lot more people like it now. It was my favorite ep- season of the series. Mm-hmm. How is it going into it? Because this is the first time that we've had... A lot of people say that D-Space Nine was serialized in its later years, and it was. They had the overarching story of the Dominion War, but honestly, if you go back and watch, like they're not really involved in the war that much until near the end. It's right. really those last ten episodes of D Space Nine that are heavily serialized. Yes. 
you know. So yes, there's like elements that have crop up, but even still, the Dominion War doesn't really get into full swing until the final episode of season five. Okay. Right. But this is a season where they're like, this is our arc. And they did stray on some tangents. But how was it going into that and seeing a season long arc as a first time viewer of the show, having such a different flavor from season one and two? It was really cool. I, I will say just with the way the shows were done with the arc uh, they're looking back over it again, I was reading over some of my notes and reviewing the shows and it's sometimes hard for me to remember which show, what happened in which show, because it was, it was really done very well. I think the way they had the arc, um, most of the shows flowed very well. So um, that made it hard to remember which, what happened in which show, but, um, but overall it was a very good storyline. I thought overall. And what did you think of the Zindi as a antagonist for the season? They were very, it was very interesting to see, a species that are made up of the different, you know, the um, the reptilians and the aquatics, and that was really cool to see. I I don't know if I've ever seen that in Star Trek, where you've seen a species that was made up of that many different. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, help, um, like <laughs> different types of species, different types of Zindi. Yeah. So I don't remember seeing that in any other series any other star trek series so i thought that was very cool and just the dynamics between them how the aquatics were sort of like uh, like the swing boat i guess you could say in in their group mm -hmm. and how um was it the insectoids who were the ones who were the were trying to take over at the end or was it the reptilians i, I would get the insectoids and the reptilians mixed up it was mostly the reptilians. So there was so there was six that we saw. There was also the aliens who were extinct. Which we never yeah. saw. But so there was the the insectoids and the reptilians were basically the bad right. ones. Then there was the aquatics, the arboreals, the see. I have trouble remembering all six. The aquatics, the arboreals, the what are the other two? I can't remember. What was Degra? Degua, Degra was... Primates, uh, primates uh, arboreals, primate. reptilians, insectoids, and aquatics. Okay. Then there was a six species, which were the avians, but we don't actually physically see a living avian. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. So there was a sixth species. So there were six of them, not seven. Okay. Right, and you missed, you missed primates. Mm -hmm. mates. And primates, okay. yes. Primates is what Degra was, yes. Yeah. Okay, Degra that's right. and, uh, yeah. Degra and, uh, was cool. I liked him. Yeah, so like, okay, so if you like Degra, what did you think about the arc with him dying, like becoming their friend kind of and helping them and then dying? That was a bummer. I was sad when he died. I thought, yeah, it was very cool how he became their friend. It sort of reminded me of Damar in Deep Space Nine, how mm. I don't think he was their friend exactly, but he started as their enemy and then in the end they were allies and I was really sad when Damar died so I felt the same way with Degra it was a bummer uh, when he did die when they uh, when they murdered him I kind of knew that I'm like okay I guess I guess he's gonna die now because <laughs> it was kind of obvious when that scene started but it was a bummer I liked him though mm -hmm. he was a cool character um, the scenes with him and Archer in the shuttle where mm -hmm. they fooled him to think that they were in the future that was a neat twist I liked that mm -hmm. one a lot that was a memorable episode mm -hmm. yeah I like that one too they fooled me the first time I watched it I'm like I figured it was gonna be a time travel episode right and then when it turned out they were just faking it I'm like oh that's that's pretty creative that's something different I like that a lot yeah I liked so. it too it fooled me as well which of the five Zindi did you was your favorite then, species wise? 
I liked the aquatics a lot. That was just cool seeing an underground world in Star Trek. We're used to seeing people in outer space, you know, exploring the stars and to see them under the water was kind of cool. I liked that. Mm-hmm. And the the reptilians were kind of cool. They reminded me a little bit of uh, the the bad guy in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> so or not wait was it galaxy quest yes, yes. that was the one with tim allen right yes. yeah the one i like brandon get some of those movies like. mixed up but i loved that when you like you weren't gonna get that joke patrick for two episodes yeah. so in two episodes everyone will understand what that means <laughs> um now the reptilians were cool i'll explain it to you when we get off uh terry um the reptilians were cool i liked them because okay. they they were they reminded me a lot of like their version of romulans too Yes. Yeah. You know, yes, so very true. I, I like the fact that we had like that Romulan like aspect without having to see the Romulans again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although we that do. was cool. <laughs> right. We do. Oh, oh, we do. Oh, we will see them later then. Oh, Patrick, you're going to spoil season four for her. Oh, don't worry. I've, I've, you know, now that I've been getting into the show, I've had a lot of spoilers already. So <laughs> I know. So. What's Patrick, one you... more? <laughs> no, I'm not surprised oh. though. I think, uh, the Romulans are it's sometimes it doesn't seem like Star Trek without the Romulans. <laughs> it doesn't, but that's why this was good because you still had that aspect of them. Yes. In a new true. race, you know, like they found a way of giving us a new race that would, would be able to have, you know, so like the, the aquatics were logical thinkers, like the Vulcans and the reptilians were like the, uh, were more like the, um, Romulans. And then the Arboreals or the, the primates were more like humans in that, all within one society at that point. Yeah, that was very neat. I liked that a lot. Um, one of my favorite scenes with the Zindi was when they, the episode, the council, when they were having, when Archer and Hoshi were there and they were talking to them. And as you know, I love Hoshi. She's my favorite. And um, that was just, I don't know if people really appreciated that scene as far as Hoshi went. And I know it seemed just like she was standing in the background and just reading a machine and translating but that couldn't have happened without Hoshi if you think mm-hmm. about it really because she was able to translate what they were saying and without Hoshi being there that would have been that could have gone very differently mm-hmm. so for me that was my Hoshi moment even though it might not seem that exciting it, it also had one of the funniest lines she gives in the whole show when she's like you don't want to know what he just said That's yes. the scene where he's yes, cursing I out Archer that. and she, you don't want to know what he just said you don't want to know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Excellent. So what episodes really stuck out to you? Did you have some favorites and maybe even a couple of stinkers? I did. There were, yeah. <laughs> I I had some stinkers that were kind of like ones that were so bad they were good. Um, I think Regine was kind of like that. And when, when I first saw her in her white dress and crazy hair, it reminded me of 80s Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty funny uh and i think that's it stood out for me with that just her outfit was hilarious um and then their ancient right that was the fraggle rock one I'm getting all the episodes mixed yeah. up now <laughs> yeah. yeah fraggle rock is extinction yeah that was uh that was that funny. one's not so bad <laughs> that it's good it's just terrible it is terrible. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it is terrible. But oh. I, I, I liked it, even though it was terrible. Um, yeah. 
it was it was bad though. <laughs> I liked Azadi Prime and the episodes that came after that. Most of it, I thought, and that's an example of some of the episodes that blend together for me that I can't really re- remember what's what. But I liked the action in that and. Uh, like at the end of Azadi Pride, when they were flying off and the ship was in bad shape, that was uh, that was really cool. It was things picked up then. The storyline picked up, and it was intense. And uh, I really liked the way it all flowed together. That was really awesome. And uh, the the last the last episode when Archer was running away from the big fiery explosion, that was like. action movie uh, (laughs) came out like it was like something out of an action movie that was exciting Mm -hmm. yeah they were starting to do more things that were you you expect to see on a big screen Mm -hmm. at this time which was nice that was nice yeah Uh, the ending the last episode I forgot the name already it's was it zero hour I think yeah yeah the ending to that was I have I have uh, interesting opinions on that. I think it's, it was a little hard to see the ending where they had, uh, they went back and they had the Nazis as storyline. And I probably would have felt differently seeing it 10 years ago or when it first aired, but that's something that's actually very close to home now. I think after Charlottesville, um, some of the other things that are going on in the world. And it really made me think about how in Hollywood, and just in film how there's the nazi trope and i think that people you know there's this urge to like oh they're bad so let's go punch them and everyone will be happy um but i think something gets lost with that a little bit i think there's a danger in that we when something when you see people expressing that level of hate in real life sometimes that can because of the media it can take away um, make it harder to spot it happening in real life, I guess. I don't know if this is making sense, but... Um, no, it, it does. Like, when yeah. you get to our retrospective on season four, when you listen along, like, I'm not a fan. So so oh, so how this ends, and then the next two episodes in season four, the first two episodes follow up on this and finish this story off. And I'm not a big fan of those two episodes. I don't like them very much. <laughs> um, but you're right. We do talk about in that episode, we're like, what is it with Hollywood and Nazis? Like, why do they keep going back to Nazis, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So it, it is kind of interesting. And you, you may, when you get to that two-parter, I'll kind of, I'll spoil a little something on it. But there's a tweet that's gone, that went around over the last year or two. Because there's a, there's a shot of the White House with like tanks in front of it and Nazi flags. Oh boy. <laughs> right. And there, and so people have screenshotted that and tweeted it and like, for like times that are right now and they're like oh boy star trek was really quite able to uh predict the future weren't they oh boy yeah <laughs> so... and that and the bell riots <laughs> yeah but and what you were saying though i mean look it, it does it somewhat desensitizes the word nazis yes mm. you know just using that trope in tv all the time now you say well those people are a bunch of nazis people use that term for everything they do. Now, you, oh, you're a, it's not just for people who are actually Nazis or believe Nazi philosophies. It's Well, I blame Seinfeld for that, honestly. Oh, like, you Nazi. may think that's a joke, yeah. but I, I kind of blame uh, Seinfeld for that. So It's not just their fault. It, it's all of TV, though. We've used it for so many things now that it's just become another word um, that doesn't really mean Nazi anymore. Like when someone corrects someone on Facebook for their grammar, they're a grammar Nazi. It's, it's ridiculous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is ridiculous. You know? 
It is ridiculous. The word doesn't mean what it used to mean. No, and then when you try and use it to mean that, a lot of people just ignore it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so that's... I didn't really like that twist. Um, I will say that I, I scare easily. So when I was watching it, uh, you know, the the different people were, you know, the officers were all coming and looking at Archer and then, you know, uh, Mr. Satan alien comes out and, and I screamed kind of loudly because <laughs> it startled me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure most Okay, so let me ask you, yet. let me ask you that question. So when you first saw that, as a first time viewer now, like, have you seen all of the rest of Star Trek? most of it i haven't finished voyager yet um i haven't seen the second season of discovery i've seen most of it okay so when you saw that alien what did you think of the alien i don't want to i don't want to guide you to the answer but was it was there anything familiar about the alien to you he was he just freaked me out so maybe there maybe there's uh he's he must be related to some other alien in the series, I'm guessing. No, he's not, and that's the thing, right? So when I first saw it and first watched it, this was shortly after Star Trek Nemesis came out. So I'm like, I thought it was a Reman, right? So I was wondering if you thought that too, but it turns out that they're not. So I was just wondering if you thought that as well. So but No, I, I, I have seen Nemesis, but it's been a long time, and I didn't really care for that movie. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't... That was a weird movie. I I've seen it twice, and I really could not tell you what happened in it. It just <laughs> I don't know uh, a bunch it. of really bad stuff and some great music. You're not the only right, person to feel music. the way you feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> oh man, what else to talk about? Oh, uh, Trip into Paul in this season, they finally get together. And Brandon, I've listened to some other interviews with you about how uh, you they're the only couple that you shipped. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think Do they work great, for you? Well, I think they're a great couple, but I don't like it when shows when they bring people together initially by showing that they have tension with each other and it's just so obvious, I think. So, I felt like it was a little forced the way they were brought together, but then once they came together, I I thought it worked. What'd you think of the massage? That they they both seemed happy. <laughs> There's an, ugh. Ugh, the Vulcan yeah, um, yeah, that's that's you know that it felt forced with that too. Like, let's get them together. We'll have the have tension, and then they'll go give each other massages, and then Paul will take off her clothes, and they'll get together. And oh, see, none of that bothered me except that I had to sit there and watch that with my seventy-something-year-old grandmother, <laughs> and that was just creepy. <laughs> sure, that was awkward. <laughs> There, I would, okay. I would just get anything? up. And, I, no, what are you gonna say? Like, you just kind of both stand there staring at the TV. Like, I hope this ends soon. I hope this ends. Soon. Yeah, and then, I'm like, go get some water. So that's exactly yeah. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I would walk into like from where I was sitting where we would watch the show because at the time I was living at my mom's house. I was younger. Um, I was like 19 mm-hmm. when this show came out, so I was watching it first runs. So I was probably 20 or whatever. I was still in college. But we would watch. I lived in my mom's house in the basement. My grandmother ended up moving in with us in the basement as well. So we had our own living room. It was like a whole apartment down there. So I would just get up. You'd walk 10 f- steps forward, make a left, 10 steps into the into the kitchen. And I'd wait to hear someone talk that wasn't one of them to it before I came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you missed a lot of season three. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> 
I could see why that would be awkward. It's very. <laughs> so, Carrie, I guess the big next question that we have for you then is, what did you think of Archer's um, arc over the season from you know, how far he took things. Like, this is kind of a different captain than we've seen out of him before. Right in the, I think it's the second or third episode of the season, he's torturing that guy with the pressure. Uh, and then, you know, at the near the end of the series, he steals that and leaves that one ship adrift. Yeah. He steals that part from them. What did you think of Archer in this season? He definitely went in a different direction, I think. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on him with the war, and I think that could have played a role but yeah he really became much more intense and um much more cutthroat i guess maybe that's the right word just yeah much more intense and more uh yeah like you were talking about like stealing that ship and um much more ruthless i guess uh mm-hmm. he definitely a change there was definitely a change there um there was one episode where he was going to he talked about too many people dying and how he wanted to go off and be the hero. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I can't remember is that the, the one where he went that. down onto um, the planet into the water? Yes, yes, yeah. I don't remember what the name of the episode is either, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he had kind of a Kirk feeling to him then, I think. There there were some Kirk parallels I saw. I think that was Azadi Prime, that episode. Oh, you're right, Azadi Prime, yes. I, I say I love that episode, but I don't remember all of the elements of it. But um, yes, that's right. That's the one where I tweeted about uh, the Little Mermaid and them being in uh, under the sea with Little Mermaid and King Triton. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, Archer, he definitely went on, he's been on a journey in this show, I think. Um, I think he's a little more jaded now, for sure, after all that he's seen. Yeah, if you listen to the retrospectives, you'll hear me begging for him to murder somebody early. Yes, on. yes, I did listen to those. <laughs> yes. Now, do you think that that was like that was in his nature initially, or do you think that's something that changed as he went along and got more involved in the war and saw what he saw? I think seeing Trip go through what he went through and knowing what happened to Earth pushed him to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he was very hopeful and, uh, you know, exploratory, like, like like the whole beginning of the show was the first two seasons were I think he embodied that but then you know when when the terrorist attack happened it pushed him over the edge which I lived in New York and I know a lot of people who that happened to yeah I know a lot of people I was going to school about an hour and a half out of DC and I know a lot of people who and a lot of my classmates were from the New York area and I know people who lost people in the attacks and it you know, it really pushed a lot of them too, and affected them. Um, I think it changed a lot of people. Yeah, well, New York was shut down for days after nine eleven, and uh, the first day it was open after the first day, like things started opening up after nine eleven happened. The first thing I did was walk into the Army Recruiting Center mm-hmm. myself. So even I changed. So I saw that in Archer, you know, the same kind of thing happening. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Definitely. Yeah, that I think trauma like that can very can really change you for sure. Carrie, I'm going to recommend that you go back and listen to episode 129 of Warp Five. Okay, it was the last episode that I did with Floyd, mm-hmm. and we actually did an interview with Phyllis Strong, who was one of the writers for Damage, which was the oh. episode where where Archer uh, took stole that part and left the ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a really great interview. Um, Almost two, uh, well, over, oh, almost two years ago now. It was January of uh, 2018 that it was released, that episode. But we had a great discussion with Phil Strong about writing that episode and 
I would definitely recommend that episode. Yeah, I'll check it out. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Andy, okay, so for the season as a whole then, so was there any other, you talked about Hoshi a bit, was there any other favorite character moments that you saw? I liked Hayes a lot, um, and I was actually really bummed out when he died. Uh, it it seemed kind of predictable that yeah. you know, he had to die so they could, uh, so Malcolm could go and give a stirring speech. Um, I guess that was one thing I didn't like, but, um, but I, I liked Hayes, and I liked that he and Malcolm finally we're on the same page and we're friends. So I liked that. And uh, I wish I could have seen more of Travis. That would have been good. I, I liked seeing Tripp's journey uh, from grief into healing. That was, mm. that was important, I think. And I think it was probably important for a lot of the viewers back then because a lot of people were grieving because of 9-11. So I, yeah, I, I thought that was important to see. Yeah, unfortunately, I think people missed that when watching it on first runs, though. Yeah, it's I don't think people were ready for the message in general, and uh, no, probably not. So I, I think I think a lot of us missed it when when it aired originally. But um, but you're right; it would have been a good message for a lot of the people that were going through something at the time. Um, what did, did you find it as jarring as others did that all of a sudden now you have all these deaths, where the first two seasons you had none. I thought it was unusual, and I, I think I saw an interview with with Brandon Braga or someone where they were talking about how it was a little strange that they didn't have any deaths until the third season, and uh, it's it wasn't jarring for me, but it didn't really make sense either. Uh, they're out there, some of the first explorers in space, and well, out going out at warp first uh, warp ship i think um going to warp five i might be completely wrong with this i apologize it, is that correct the, the first ship out there going going warp that five, fast warp yeah. five yeah so they're going places that people haven't gone before and they're the first ones doing this and it doesn't really make sense to me that people didn't die until the third season usually when you're exploring a new frontier you have people who die a little sooner at least that's what i've read historically so um it, it was strange that it went from no death to lots of death well you took some notes is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you'd like to address for the season itself uh, i i liked impulse a lot i know people have mixed feelings about that but i i enjoyed uh, the, the, the balkan zombies i thought that was very cool um I think I screamed at the end of that one too when the the Vulcan was in uh, <laughs> was into Paul's face in sick bay. That was that was uh, mm -hmm. pretty classic. Um, oh, and similitude. We should probably oh, go ahead. Oh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that one. But uh, what did you think of the of uh, the drug addiction uh, thread that came later? I'm still in the trying season? to decide how I feel about that. Um, I'm not sure if it's a good representation of uh, what what an addiction struggle looks like, but uh, it was an interesting twist. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes in season four. Uh, in similitude? It's similitude, yes, similitude. Um, Brandon and uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit on Twitter. Um, I did not like that episode, but I thought more about it. And uh, what I didn't like about it was just, I I thought it, it bothered me when they decided, okay, we're, we're going to create this clone and then we're, then we're going to kill him. Um, and I was fine with it until uh, the clone was a baby and Phlox was like, oh, let's pick him up and cuddle him and, f and we'll feed him and then we'll kill him later. And you know, 
I, I kind of had a hard time with that. But it made me think about the episode, the TNG episode Descent, where Picard and Riker are talking about their decision to let Hugh go. And Picard said, perhaps the moral thing to do is not the right thing to do. And I think mm. that kind of applies here. I, I didn't think that what they did to Sim was the moral thing to do, but I do think in order for them to save Trip and continue with their mission, I did think it was the right thing to do. So, yeah. That's an interesting point that you brought up that I forgot about that line of descent. You know, that's a, that's a good callback to that one yeah. line. Yeah. I, I didn't think of it either. Um, until you just said it now. Um, I mean, they did make it a little easier in that Sim agreed to it in the episode. That did make it easier. But, uh, so I, I, when we talked about that episode, I actually said I wish they wouldn't have done that because it would have made the moral implications that much stronger, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but they ended up making him say yes. So then really doesn't matter what any of us think. Right. And, and I, we, when we did our commentary a little while ago, like I said as well, they pulled the punch because with, with having Sim have a a shortened lifespan of just a couple weeks, he's going to die no matter what right away had they made it so that he would have grown up to be the same age and then lived out a normal life, then it's, it's more difficult a decision. But the fact that he's going to die anyways, then what's the matter if he dies today or tomorrow? It doesn't matter. Right. He he was going to die really soon either way. Right. Which makes it a lot easier morally to justify. That's certainly true. I agree. Like and Brandon's right because if he was going to live another forty years, fifty years, it's a lot harder than next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read a book recently for a book group that I, did, I didn't finish actually, um, but it's called "That Never Let Me Go" by Kazuo Kazuo Ishiguro, and it's about something similar where there are these uh, teenagers who are they realize that they're they exist for people to harvest their organs later in life, and it, this made me think about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They might have made a film adaptation Ooh. of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Interesting. I haven't heard of that. No. Yeah. That's the book weird. was actually, I, I didn't finish it. Like I said, but it was good. Um, and it's something I've been planning to pick back up again. So. Is it older or newer? It's not, I think it was in the last 10, 15 years. I could be wrong, uh, but it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Right on. Well, is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you want to talk about? I know you'd mentioned you want to talk about extinction. I don't know if we've covered that enough for you or not, but. Uh, Well, yeah, I just, I thought it was, you know, I listened to your comparison to the the next gen episode. Um, I don't remember the name of that episode now. The one where Jordy was transformed. Identity crisis. uh, I thought of that immediately when I saw it. Um, And that Mm. was a, that was a ridiculous episode too. (laughs) Oh, I love it in a crisis way more than I love. Uh, oh yeah, so do I. Yeah. Oh, I, I like it, but yeah, it's just silly. I think. <laughs> Brandon, were you on the episode? <laughs> no, I missed that. Yeah, one. me and Brandy actually did a comparison between the two episodes. Mm. Okay, so because I hate that episode so much, they made sure I watched it like eight thousand times. Oh no! <laughs> uh, in, in the year I was here, yeah. we did commentaries on it, we did retrospectives on it, we did comparisons with it. But this actually came from a listener. A listener came up with the idea to watch certain episodes that were similar, and that was one of them. And uh, so we did those two, and and I like the TNG one a lot. I hate this one. 
basically it was like two stories one that did everything right with that kind of story and one that did everything wrong with that story mm-hmm. yeah i will say that i feel like uh, uh scott bacula and uh, linda park and um oh my gosh who plays malcolm help um forget his right name now but they i feel like they they it was well acted on their part like they had some really neat mannerisms and uh and movement so i, I liked that aspect of it but yeah the oh and the the guy um the character who was on the other ship and telling them that they he needed to eradicate them he he looked like he belonged in the like the avengers or something i thought he was cool but um yeah overall it was you know not a great episode <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Awesome, Carrie. I'm so uh, I'm so looking forward to watching your tweets for season four, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun when you get there. I think you're going to enjoy season four. Quite I'm excited. A bit. Um, yeah, but you've you've only got uh, what is it, 22 episodes left? Something so, like that. So yeah, I'm. I'm kind of dreading the uh, the series finale. I've heard lots of not good things, so that should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, we'll let you find out for yourself. Yeah, I'll I'll let everyone yeah. know. I'm sure I'll have a strong opinion one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, right on. Well, Carrie, where can people find you when you're not uh, punching Nazis and making the world a better place? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is carebearlib. It's K E R R B E A R lib L I B and. I also have a Spanish account that I don't use very often, but it's uh, Carrie Trek or Kari Trek. It's uh, K-A-R-I-T-R-E-K. Excellent. Right on. Well, talking about Carrie's first time viewing of season three of Star Trek Enterprise is not all we've been discussing here on the network. So please take a quick listen to this clip to see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM. Earl Grey. Okay, that's excellent. And it'll be interesting to see how we interpreted the topic because I know I may have interpreted it uh, maybe a little differently than others did. We'll see. Is this another time travel thing? No, I was, I was going to say no time travel for me as long as Jellicoe doesn't come into this. Sure. Okay, that's, so we'll make okay. that deal then. Awesome. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Literary treks. And, you know, the, the stakes are, are really big. You know, we'll, we'll get there, but, you know, this Borg ship threatens Earth and all this kind of stuff. And it just feels like it, it's it's a lot of really comic booky over the top stuff that doesn't quite fit right with the novel that came before it and the novel that came after it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Primitive Culture, a look at history and culture through Star Trek. And Next Gen Arriving was was this sort of, wow, wow, this is, looks incredible. I know when we look at sort of first season Next Gen now, what we're going is, wow, this is really slow and stagey. But in fact, it was, it was incredible. It was absolutely um, game-changing. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Only because I was watching little bits of Emissary recently is that he would see himself wearing that awful purple swimsuit and think, oh God, I can't wear that. <laughs> oh my every, gosh. Every time I see it, I'm like, whoa, I'm really glad I'm not wearing 24th century clothing. <laughs> if you wanted me to murder an entire society, fine. <laughs> but I'm not wearing that bathing suit. It's too revealing. Oh. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> 
That's funny. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. I just gave us a one-star review because you're my co-host. Wow, that was so, that was tough. <laughs> it's really rough. <laughs> I'm hard to please. <laughs> if, I don't know what, what's my line. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's we'd show. <laughs> we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. And there are many ways for you to do that. You'd think after 183 episodes of Warp 5, you'd have known what that line was by now. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B. <laughs> Babel. <laughs> Babel. Light a match and Babel. set it on fire! <laughs> B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. I almost said Bieber. <laughs> if, you'd send us, if you'd like to send us an email, you better leave all this in too. I am. If you'd like to send us an email, <laughs> you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. Patrick, where can people find you when you're not torturing people, stealing their belongings, and leaving them out to die? When I'm not doing those things, you can find me on Twitter, probably tweeting about doing those things, at MagicDrop5. There's no spaces, and the five is a digit. You can also find me popping up in the Beeble Conference, uh, which I don't know what that is, but I might be there. I might just pop in once in a while fun. And you can find me here on the network with my good friend Amy Nelson. The last place you'll be able to find me is over on the... United Federation of Podcast Network, where I will be hosting with, with uh, one of our associate producers, Chris Trebuzio, a uh, Mickey's Marvels, which will be deep dives into Disney movies, and it will also be covering some of the stuff, not all, because they're dumping so much stuff onto the Disney Plus Network, but some of the stuff uh, that will be coming out brand new on the Disney Plus Network. Uh, most notably, uh, you'll probably be guesting a lot on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm looking forward so, to that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it will be, too. Uh We'll see. Where I can, like, turn your ass in for a bounty. <laughs> Something like that. Have you ever had a bounty? Those, like, coconut chocolate bars? No. I don't... Do they have... They're, like, they... coconut covered in I don't chocolate. like coconut. Oh, they're so good. You're a coconut. <laughs> I put the lime in the coconut. Do you drink them both together? <laughs> Mix them all up. Do you feel better? I do. Oh, nice. Nothing when there's rum. <laughs> so, anyway... Those are the places you can find me. Um, ooh, and the Insane Asylum. So, Brandon, where can people find you when you're not getting worse and worse but through the season trying to beat people up and steal stuff? You can find me on Twitter, at Brandon Matella. You can find me here on the network with The Line, which is all about the upcoming Star Trek Picard show. And you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network, as well as in our own feed with Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. My friends Chris and 
uh, Tom. We cover Hitchcock films once a month over there. And you can find my friend Zach and I over on the UFP network with a show called Franchise Fatigue, which is all about movies and sequels and remakes. And currently we're going over the Terminator films leading up to Terminator Dark Fate. I'm very excited because that movie's coming out very soon. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. you seen the trailer for that yet? I have not. It looks good. I think it looks not. really You're good. You're like the second person to mention it today. So I'm definitely going to have to check this out. Oh, man, you'll love it. It's the greatest trailer ever. Like, it's almost as good a trailer as Spaceballs is a movie. Is it really? Yeah. Are you going to tell me every line of, this, of the trailer before I see it? Uh, they, somebody says, I'll be back. <laughs> okay, folks, I'm going to hate this. Uh, <laughs> so, anywho. Now I don't remember my line. <laughs> If you'd like to help us yeah, keep all our shows coming coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-K-D-E-V-L-I-N-O-N.com. What? <laughs> I just spelt your name. You didn't even I notice. I did, but why? <laughs> I don't know. Patreon.com slash TrekFM to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes. Exclusive content. What is going on here? Producer credit and more. Available through our special patrons website, PatronZone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support. This is the worst <laughs> episode we've had so far. I hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. I don't have the list of Patreon, the associate producers. At this time, we'd like to thank our wonderful associate producers, Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Chibuzio, and Jim McMahon. Thank you so much for supporting Warp 5 and Trek FM as well. We really couldn't do it without you. Well, that's all we have for you this week, and remember, don't be afraid of the wind.